Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Project Ray Ray. I'm your host, Anusha, and thank you for joining us today from all over the globe. Today, we're joined by Mr. Olumide Ogunbanjo, the CEO and co-founder of AgroData. Olumide is an agroecologist himself and works with one of the tiniest farmers in the world, the honeybees. Um, so I'm not going to take any more time because this is quite a fascinating story. Mr. Olumide, would you like to introduce yourself, please, to everybody? Thank you. My name is Olumide Ogunbanjo. I'm an agroecologist. I'm a farmer, a rural farmer. I set up um, AgroData after I returned from the UK. I studied sustainable agriculture. And uh, I grew up in the rural area. And one of my major aim in life is to help the rural farmers. So we set up AgroData as a sustainable social enterprise to help fruit and vegetable farmers using the honeybees to pollinate their crops. We get the honeys which we share with the rural farmers, and at the same time help them to reduce the use of chemicals on their farm because the bees actually pollinate the crops and um, help to improve yield. Okay, and which part of Nigeria are you located in? Where are the farms that you're working with? Yeah, we are based in the southwest of Nigeria um, in a town called Isain and we cover 11 communities in Okeogun Axis. Uh, we have Isain, we have Shaki, we have Shepeteri, we have Erua. Uh, incidentally, this is called the food basket of Oyo State. This is where the major food crops are grown. And can you describe what the, what the crops are for, the, for our listeners, please? Um, for us, when we started, um, it was a hobby for me uh, because uh, beekeeping was more like I was working in the Ministry of Agriculture in Ogun State, and I have beekeeping as a hobby. Uh, but along the, time, uh, along the time, we had issues with neighboring farmers. Um, the bees are very unique in, in the way they move around. Uh, if you have to actually plant something for them to eat, they might not stay in your farm. They might go to the neighboring farms. So we discovered that the activities of farmers around us were affecting our own bee farm. Uh, the bees get reduced, the colony get reduced. So we end up giving the boxes to farmers around us so that we can actually do this thing together. And this is how we got into these community beekeeping activities. Uh, most farmers in this area, only very few of them plant vegetables and fruits. Let's be very sincere. And for us to see the effect of pollination, um, it has to be fruity crops, it has to be vegetables, it has to be crops that have fruits. So my organization for the last three, four years have gone into a lot of reorientation, encouraging farmers to give part of their land for fruit crops and vegetables. Uh, if you have one acre of land and you are planting only cassava or only maize, uh, intercropping with vegetables and fruits, cucumber, cabbage, and the likes, actually give you extra revenue uh, because now you can actually get... Cassava takes about nine, nine months to one year. Uh, yam take about one year, maize take about three to four months, uh, but you can do vegetables within maybe a, four weeks, one month, and uh, get something out, or within two months for cabbage and the rest. So um, for us, uh, we were revamping agriculture. We are making rural agriculture more sustainable. Uh, for these farmers, we encourage them, we teach them, we supply them the seedlings um, at a very reduced cost. 
and we set up the beehives. Our major work is to set up the beehives and we place it in remote areas in their farms. Now, there's this notion that bees are very aggressive, they're going to attack you, they're going to do a lot of things. No. Um, it depends on the approach. It depends on how you um, actually set it up. Uh, bees are naturally not... Um, uh, they don't attack directly. They, they actually is a defensive mechanism for them if they feel threatened. So uh, for our organization, we, we do a lot of um, training and um, explaining how this concept works. Mr. Illuminate, thank you for sharing that. Uh, once all the, once we have the installations on the farms, who is maintaining maintaining the installations? Are the farmers getting trained for that maintenance, or are you kind of coming back and continuing to support and provide kind of technical assistance uh, once the installations are in place? Okay, thank you very much for that question. Now, the boxes remains our own property, and the harvesting um, is purely done by ourselves alone. Now, for beekeeping, it is almost low to zero maintenance. So long you are following what is called the agronomic or apicultural practices, which means um, you are not using too much of chemicals, especially fertilizers and pesticides. This is what will affect the yield and the setup of the colonies. Farmers have been told from conventional farming that the more fertilizers you put into the soil, the more pesticides you use, the better your yield. Well, in the short run, absolutely correct. But in the long run, you're actually destroying the ecosystem. The chemicals we actually uh, goes into the soil, destroy the, the bio-organisms in the soil. And I give this example, a plot of land that you've been using fertilizer for the last 20 years. It's not going to take the same fertilizer it took five years ago. You're going to increase the fertilizer to get that yield. So in the long run, we are looking at climate change now. We are looking at a lot of things wrong with our, with our environment. We can actually bring things back by encouraging biodiversity. Uh, the way nature does it, the bees are in the forest, in the farms, and they pollinate without human intervention. So back to your question. Uh, the maintenance is done by my team which is just to make sure that the farmers are in compliance to what we told them to do. That's amazing. Um, really quick follow-up. Are, are there unique conditions that you're seeing in Nigeria versus other parts of the world that would foster this type of um, process or practice that's actually improving the yield? Are, are there climate differences in Nigeria or are there land um, land differences or quality of soil differences in Nigeria that, that are making this kind of successful compared to, say, the rest of the world? Um, I think it's um, unique to the, the, the farming condition. For, for bees to pollinate, it's across the, the whole world. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. um, I took a clue before I could set up this with um, what happens in California, for example. Mm -hmm. um, almonds have been pollinate 100% by yep. honeybees. And yeah. in fact, the beekeepers in California make more money from the pollination services than from the honey. And they travel as many miles as possible, moving these boxes during the uh, fruiting time to the Halmon farm. Uh, that is how they do it in that part of the world. They are well, well advanced. Uh, but for us, we, we look at it from the point of view that um, 
uh, farmers don't understand the concept of pollination. Uh, when, when I mention myself as a beekeeper or as an agroecologist, people try to look at it that, what are you doing with, just do your bees. But I tell people there are more to honey than just, there are more to beekeeping than just honey. Uh, you could do a lot of things in such a way that um, you are able to maximize and optimize the land resources. Uh, so it's more of encouraging nature. Um, we work with something that is natural. And um, I tell my team, the first thing we try to set up is the ecosystem. Um, the farmers need to know that you are bringing in an animal into this farm to cohabit with you. So you need to give them the right environment. Um, not really in disturbance, because you could, have, you could be moving on a bee farm and the bees might not even come near to you. But if they don't see what they need to feed on, the nectars or the flowers, if they, don't, if, if they get um, distracted by chemicals because they move more by sound and smell rather than sight, they hardly use their eyes. They use the bumbling sound and uh, smell to locate their environment and to move around. So setting up the ecosystem is very, very important. That's amazing. Thank you. Mr. Illumide, thank, thank you again. Uh, and again, congratulations on, on creating a successful venture. A couple of questions that I have, actually. First question is about um, pests. You know, you, you by advocating these bees, you're advocating less use of pesticides, which, of course, all of us want to hear. But how do the farmers then protect their crops against the inevitable pests that are coming in? You know, isn't that a concern for them? Because the bees won't attack these insects, right? Yes. Uh, very good question. Um, this question comes up anytime I do interviews like this. Um, first and foremost, we are not actually saying don't use chemicals. Mm. We are encouraging a controlled use of chemicals. Um, we have um, also a way of helping this farmer to record their inputs into the farm. Because for us, we need to know what you're doing at the point of inception that you're joining our network. And over the few months or years, we can tell you this is what we've been able to help you to achieve. Now, the method of applying chemicals is very, very important. Um, for pesticides, there are pesticides that you need to apply at different stages of plant growth. And the method and mode in which you apply them are very, very important. Farmers, most of the time, just want to apply these things. And sometimes it's through uh, windy environments or probably they don't care whether it's in the morning or in the evening. They just apply it anyhow. And this is what actually causes the damage to the insects and other animals around. Now, for example, we are in partnership with a company that produces what is called a uh, fertilizer applicator. This is a local um, 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 implement in which these farmers put this fertilizer into a sack and they put it at their back and they have two um, handles. Now, this fertilizer actually go into the soil when you're applying it. It can also be used for pesticides as well. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. When you control the use of chemicals, you help the environment. Uh, chemicals are not supposed to be spread during the windy time or during rain, and when you know that um, it could affect other animals. Um, 
so we, we do what we call controlled use of chemicals. And also we work with um, research institutes to look at safe chemicals. Not all the chemicals are safe for the environment. Some are very, very deadly, that they have residual effects on the soil and on the plants. And um, IIT in Ibadan is working on a lot of these uh, chemicals because they have a way of getting back into the crop um, that we harvest and we use. So we encourage safe chemicals and, more importantly, on the way it is applied. You applied it in such a way that it doesn't affect the other um, animals in the ecosystem. How, how is your business model set up? How exactly are you uh, creating revenue for a company? And, and, and of course, you know, we see the effects on how you're benefiting the, the smallhold farmers. But how does AgroData benefit by doing the service for these farmers? How, how are you making your money today? Yeah, we take 80% of the yield of natural honey we harvest on each farm. Uh, we aggregate this together and uh, we have a processing center in Monia, in which uh, this is NAPDAC certified processing center. Uh, we process this, which is basically uh, sieving, removing impurities from this natural raw honey. Um, we have a brand called Fresh Dew Honey, which is also NAPDAC certified that we sell. And um, but over the in the last two years, we discovered that um, marketing and uh, pushing these things on the market takes a lot of our time, and because of our workforce, it actually reduces our ability to do more and expand the farm. So we went to B two B arrangements with some uh, marketers and um, companies that are actually branding honeybees uh, uh, for the market. So they buy. Our brand, our, our bulk, they buy in bulk as a B2B business instead of us to be branding it. We still brand, but uh, like 30% of our production goes to our, uh, our own brand. So we, we get our revenue from sales of honey. And also, mm-hmm. I told you that we help these farmers when they harvest their uh, vegetables and their fruits to create market assets. So our company take a commission on that as well. Okay, and and sort of today, where you are today in terms of your capacity, how much honey or how many liters of honey are you producing every day, every month? Okay, we we do our harvesting every four weeks, four to five weeks, depending mm-hmm. on the location we are going to. But roughly in a month, we cross over uh, six thousand liters of honey every month. Wow, that's quite a sizable uh, production of honey so far. And this is with how many farms so far that you're working with? Uh, 11 communities, we have 3,118 boxes and um, 1,600 farmers, active farmers, because we actually crossed 2,000. Amazing. And so your brand is called Fresh Dew or Honey Dew? Fresh Dew Honey. To, to all our listeners that are in Nigeria today, please, if you see Fresh Dew Honey, make sure you go and buy and support Alumi Day with Fresh Dew Honey today. <laughs> yeah. I'll be looking forward to it. I'll, I'll be looking forward to trying it when I get to Nigeria in a week's time. So. You took the words out of my mouth. Like I was going to help do some marketing as well for Mr. Olumide here. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Folks folks in Nigeria help the small-scale farmers and our social enterprise right here. <laughs> uh, Mr. Olumide, this is my, my sort of my last question here. What, what's your vision for uh, AgroData? Where do you see it in the next 5, 10, you know, 20 years from now? Well, What's your expectations? Um, a lot of people ask me, what is the data, agro data? What does, does that have anything to do with beekeeping? 
And I told them, when we set up the company in 2017, it was supposed to be an agri-tech company. I studied GIS in my other degree. And I was looking for a way in which digital agriculture could be useful and how we could get data from agriculture and use to help the, the farming populace. Now, we stumbled into bees and now the smart beehives has come. Now, in the next three to four years, our plan uh, is to make sure that the sensors we're putting in these boxes could actually pick up climatic information apart from the bees, what actually works for the bees. We are putting uh, a rainfall sensor, a soil moisture sensor, um, relative humidity sensor. Uh, we discover that information from the microenvironment are very important to predict the future. You can actually know the kind of plants you could do in an area if you get enough local data from that area. And this is where agro data is actually going. We are using the bees as an avenue to have our outreaches into these local areas. Uh, by the time we are replacing these traditional boxes with the smart beehives, uh, for your information, the way we construct the smart beehives, it has no it looks local. I wish I can show you an example. Maybe I will send the pictures. You will not actually have any special feeling that this is an IoT. So in the next three to five years, our mission is to be able to pick up important agricultural information, uh, which are climatic based from these areas, uh, put it together and do in, uh, what is called predictive analytics. Uh, look at the research institute, work together with the researchers and predict which type of crops, what is the condition in this area, what could happen. And we could also help in um, help with pests and diseases because we could spot things that goes wrong um, on time and help the farmers. So it's, it's, we're going towards the agri-tech um, aspect fully. Uh, once we are able to deploy our smart beehives, uh, we don't want just to be a beekeeper. We don't want to be a processor of honey alone. Uh, we want to be able to contribute uh, something important to the farming industry in Nigeria. Thank you so much, Mr. Olumide. Thank you for that. Um, so I'm assuming that um, changing the regular beehives to the smart beehives is something that's going to be a bit expensive for you guys. Is that true? Very true. Yeah. How, how ex if you don't mind me asking, how, how much does each smart hive cost you? Um, about $100. Okay. Okay. I, I want to put it into, 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 into a perspective, into a relative perspective. Uh, the traditional beehives will cost us about 10 to $15 to, to complete. And um, look at it now, it's about times 10 to produce smart beehives. For a farm, a one-acre farm, um, we actually put six traditional boxes, not at a goal, just one to begin, and we increase it over time. Uh, but because the smart beehives, apart from being costly, is more effective, um, two smart beehives can actually um, do the work of the six. Uh, number one, we increase the capacity. It has double layers. So it could actually do more than the single layer um, local beehive. 
So with two on an acre of land, um, it's perfectly okay. Okay, so two about two two per acre of land. Yes. So that's about let's say two hundred dollars per acre of land. Am yes. I right? Yes. For each each smart hive. Okay. Yeah. So um, as you know, Project Ray Ray is out our interviewees. We want to actually grow along with you. So we hope that you you grow into you you're able to scale. Um, so with that, we're hoping that we can actually provide you with at least a hundred of these, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, because we we do want to give you a grant. And I know we've talked about giving you okay. a grant before, and we want to show our support for you. But instead okay. of giving you a grant of five or ten thousand U.S. dollars, wow. we've actually decided to go ahead and give you a grant of twenty thousand U.S. dollars. So that will be yours to use. Wow! Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. No, we. I think we have to say thank you to you, Mr. Lumidi. I think the work you're doing is is super important. I think oftentimes when we look at the world, we're always trying to solve the big problems, and you know, I think rightly and smartly so. You're looking at trying to solve the small problems that have the big cascading effects. And I think, you know, we wish you all the luck from a Project Grey Race perspective. You know, we're very happy to to be a supporter of your business. And please keep in touch with us because we're looking forward to seeing how you grow and scale this business across all of Africa. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we hope you had a great time today. We hope you learned a little bit about the honeybees and the effect that they have. So next time one is buzzing around you, please do not hit it. You know, even if they're stingless, um, <laughs> take care of your honeybees because they're going to take care of the rest of us. All right, so from all of us at Project Ray Ray and from Mr. Olumide here, thank you for listening and have a good day wherever you are. Bye-bye.